Hey guys, welcome to Wrestling with Fetish. Uh, it is uh, Sleeper Kid yet again. Uh, we're doing kind of an impromptu recording tonight. Um, a friend of mine decided to have a couple of beers and start talking about life and love and philosophy and the future of this uh, crazy business that we're in during a time of not just COVID, but also um, massive social strife around the world. Uh, we're, we're all living in a world uh, or in a reality where, where things just aren't very certain. We don't know what's going to happen. So, uh, Welcome to the apocalypse. <laughs> so one of the people I like to speak to when things seem kind of uh, crazy is my friend Eliza, who is not just a, a wrestler for SKW, but also uh, for a while produced her own content. Uh, she's also a successful writer uh, and she does, uh, she does tons of different things. Uh, very much a renaissance woman. So welcome back. Why, thank you. This is going to be um, a boozy podcast, so if there's any sudden breaks or cuts, it's probably because we either had to piss or get more beer. Um, but <laughs> Or uh, knock something over. <laughs> don't, don't bring up old shit. Hey, old shit. But, uh, it was two minutes ago. So for those of you quick cap who don't know who Eliza is, shame on you. I know, right? But uh, no, Eliza and I met um, many, many, many years ago. Um, I remember... Uh, it's been a hot minute, huh? Yeah, yeah. I remember you came... We, I think I, you're one of the few models that I, I successfully garnered through Craigslist. Yeah, Craigslist. I have so like, many Like, the only things you can from get from Craigslist. Craigslist was, like, chairs and murder. <laughs> Pretty much. And with me, uh, you got an interesting combination of some of those. I yes. Oh, no, you were a perfect combination of chairs and murder. Oh, that's great. No, I remember you were, and I, if you don't want me to talk about no, this, you okay, up, but when I first met you, you were going through a really rough patch. Oh, yeah. And I remember you called me, and you're like, I'm at this hotel. And mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, which one is it? And you told me the name of the hotel, and just the name made me get in my car and like come grab you. I was like, I don't know you, but I know that ho I know that fucking hotel. Yeah. And like that's that's yeah, that's another I had been ditched and dropped off at that hotel by a roommate who really wanted to sleep with me. She was uh an escort and I think she really wanted me to get in on the escorting with her. At one point she tried to drug me with methadone. And I guess um, I had accidentally left an email open or something that was like, hey, she's a little crazy. So I think she might have seen that and just packed up all my shit, put it in this hotel room, escorted me to said hotel room, handed me a note and left. Lean in just a little bit. No, I, um, I do remember, like I said, the name of the hotel drove me to, to, to drive there immediately. I think it yeah. was like the crack homicide hotel <laughs> uh lots of shady characters but yeah I, I picked you up i brought you back we hung out and then i just get i think we that's when we started to to really become friends and um and then we started shooting but uh but if, since then uh eliza has been i mean not just a fantastic model obviously but you know we've been really really good friends and there's certain nights where we just like to either call or chat or, or be in person and chat. And um, during a lot of the parties that we threw with this lovely home, it was hard to do that because, you know, there's so many people around. And now yeah. now with COVID, um, which is a terrible thing, and I wish we weren't going through it, but one of the side effects, as my, uh, my therapist likes to call it, she calls it the great pause. 
And this has given us all some time to kind of uh, really reevaluate what's going on in life. And uh, so I'm glad to have you here with me. I hope you guys are having a good day. I hope you've had a good week. Uh, it's really tough out there for a lot of us. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well, which is, puts me in a position of privilege. Um, but a lot of you guys I know are going through some shit and uh, we're here to, to talk some of that through. Um, how are you doing? Um, I'm doing okay. Been discovering some interesting things about myself, as you know, isolation and pandemics will do. Although, to be honest, my uh, my own social life hasn't changed that much. I usually avoid humanity like the plague, and now having so many people <clears throat> acting like me is plenty um, <laughs> is a little disorienting. But yeah, everyone's know. like. Now you know what it's like to be a hermit. Yes. Now you know exactly what it's like, why I wash my hands however many times a day, because it's a lot, mm. uh, even before this. Um, I had to switch and make sure that uh, I didn't use a lot of antibacterial soaps. Like, occasionally an antibacterial soap will sneak in there, even though I'm not a big fan of them. But I started to notice them during COVID because it would be like the skin on my knuckles was just coming right off, just cracking and flaking, and it was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so go for the gentle soaps, folks. I, <laughs> At least if you have OCD. <laughs> I, it, it has forced people to kind of go back into the dark part of, of their minds because you, you get a lot more time to... What's the, I mean, what's the saying from Alice in Wonderland? It's like, we're all going mad down here. Yeah, we're all mad. We're all a little we're mad down mad here, here. But the problem is a lot of people stop visiting down here. And, and COVID has let people kind of get lost in their own minds. And it's something that we don't really talk about because it's, uh, it's you know, private for the most part. But And we spend most of our lives trying to distract ourselves, our, uh, our communities, you know, the United States and people who live in it, especially we... We build our whole lives around distractions. They become the main focal point. Yeah, they. <gasps> they, they, they <laughs> you can edit that. That was out. not a belly. That was not a. That's good not one. a belly punching video. No. <laughs> uh, that was a really good burp. I'm very no, impressed. No, it wasn't. That it, it was. That a, one was strangled. It was a choking. It was like if you strangled a burp. Uh, that, that you know what? what you just you like. just right. created. I just created another. You fetish. just created a new Again. clip for sale store. Again. Go to Cliff for Sale forward slash one nine five six three nine two. Strangled burps. Um, Someone's gonna actually look for that. <laughs> we'll make two parts of your body burp. <laughs> so the uh, oh, uh, the. <laughs> mm. But yeah, so the thing that, uh, like I said, uh, we're not quite sure what we're gonna make this podcast about. We're definitely because we've already done one with Eliza. You know, um, that, that dealt a lot with uh, how you came up with the business. So if you guys want to listen to that one, uh, just go back on your podcast app and look for it. But, um, you know, it'll catch you up. But, yeah, we were kind of just talking about how everybody was and the state of the business. Uh, one of the things that's been very interesting for, for girls that do fetish and producers as well has just been this forced pause. You know, you like you can't. You can't really have two, three model, you know, two or three models over if everyone's afraid of dying. Yeah. And so a lot of uh, a lot of producers have taken a massive hit. And uh, you stopped producing a while ago, though, right? Yeah, I uh, mostly participate in writing right now, and uh, I do a lot of 
uh, work in college. I do some research and things like that. I'm not entirely sure. I know that um, I'll still be producing some kind of media or another. It's just something that I do kind of compulsively mm-hmm. uh, between writing 5,000 words a day and um, occasionally, you know, taking lots of photos and occasionally um, uh, creating a video for no real apparent reason. And I also do sketch comedy and all this other stuff. But I did. Um, you know, I have an issue where I do have uh, potentially multiple personalities and things like that, and it becomes really difficult to measure what exactly I want to spend my time on. Because mm-hmm. imagine, you know, you're born with this very short lifespan, as it is, and then you, you know, uh, like eight hours of that you have to dedicate to sleep, <laughs> you know, or four to eight hours, depending on who you are or what you're doing. Um, but imagine in that you also have to negotiate with different, you know, you have to negotiate how you spend your time from there. So it's, uh, kind of been a bit of a journey. I've been trying to, I've been trying to prioritize school and research and all these other things that have caught my attention. And, you know, I'm never, but I'm never really certain you know, when the right personality pops up, I start to uh, to miss video work, or I start to miss Dom work, or whatever I did before. And um, I really wish I had a standard way to tell people exactly what I would be up to and things like that. But that's just not how the world works for me. Well, that's why podcasting is great because you it can is. just pour everything out and if someone wants to listen to it they can if they don't want to they don't have to uh obviously mental you know um mental health is is a huge thing uh when it comes to what we're going through now um a lot of people are really letting their flags fly which is good Mm -hmm. it's very therapeutic um a lot of fans of our work have been posting some pretty heartfelt shit on twitter and there's been a lot of stuff that's been spot lit as of late that that is important to see stuff like bullying and mm-hmm. and obviously uh, LGBTQ and and all these stress points and op- most you know mm-hmm. uh, most recently obviously is going to be race relations and and the police and and just some horrible things that have been happening and we're not going to get too deep into that because it, it's it's just going to turn into a rant um, and I'm going to if anything we would say things that. All of you, most of you, would would uh, have been screaming at your walls for the last, you know, two months. Hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, um, we hope you guys are doing well. It's it's this brings up, um, you know, mental health is just the thing that you know people kind of tend to sweep under the carpet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now that we are in forced isolation, um, a lot of issues are popping up. And, yeah, it's uh, straight and forward. It's right in front of your face when you're only alone with yourself. You kind of don't have any choice to but to face yourself mm-hmm. and that's what you were saying earlier like uh you know using work as a distraction mm-hmm. it's a good thing uh but it's also a bad thing it's a double-edged sword uh you are ignoring key issues in your life and, and you're covering them up with with having to make that money mm-hmm. to pay rent and all that stuff and i totally understand that but now you're getting a chance to really just take a deep breath and and you know 
reevaluate your life. And for some people, it's not that easy. I understand. Some of you guys are just struggling. Some of them are working fast food. Yeah, and I you, still don't get it. By the guys, way, don't go to Burger King. The last one I went to, I, I love the Impossible Burger. Mm-hmm. But the last one I went to, they weren't even wearing gloves or masks. And I just... What? Yeah, the whole time I was eating that thing thinking I was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I didn't know that. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. It was terrible. I actually did have the Impossible Burger, and oh, I it I liked it. I, I'm not a big fan of fake meat, but that was really good. It, it, they do the charbroiled. Yeah, they actually, you yeah, know. Yeah, they actually charbroil it. See, they have I don't know if burger. I was as high that night that you offered me a, a bite of yours, but it was fucking delicious. No, it was great. And, and uh, see, the previous veggie burger they had, it was just a, one of those smashed together vegetables. Okay. You know? Yeah. You, you smash together vegetables in a patty and apparently let it sit wrong and some, you know, just let it sit for a oh, while. Shall we open the beers at the same time? Sure. All right, let's here do we that. go. All right, guys, if you have a drink and you're okay with drinking it, and three, two, one. Yeah. Nice. Tonight we're drinking Pabst Blue Ribbon, which has, uh, it's not a sponsor, but it should be. Actually, we're chasing with Pabst Blue Ribbon. We just had three Guinnesses each. Oh, yes, we did. <laughs> I don't know what it is about uh, my body is not getting drunk as fast. I don't know if it's just like a, a, a knee-jerk response to reality. Or, or maybe <laughs> or maybe you just don't notice it as much because mm. you went to a, a you know, a, a different plane. Yes, yes, probably. Once you've gone to a different plane, it is harder I can to still, get I can still little... pronounce my words, so I'm doing pretty good. Yes. Uh, and that's good for you guys. So... In terms of how this has impacted fetish, um, I do know that um, my, you know, sales on my website have definitely dropped uh, a small percentage. Um, and, you know, that's okay. Like, I, I've, I, you know, I've spent a lot of time in my life making sure that financially I was at least going to be okay. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, it's, it's kind of an interesting thing. That's when you really know that there's been a crack in the world is when people can't spend time with their own kinks when um, they can't afford to jerk off as much anymore <laughs> you said it way meaner <laughs> than, than i did <laughs> it's kind of what i do mm-hmm. somebody says something and it doesn't feel honest enough and i Although just kind of push that little bit <laughs> that would be a great sign to hold up at an intersection i can't afford to jerk off oh dude i would give that guy 20 bucks <laughs> i'd be like i mean i'm not gonna help you do it but here you <laughs> Here you go. Here's 20 bucks and a really soft mitten. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I had, uh, or just, just give him a picture of two girls wrestling. You're like, here you go. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's kind of like when you give a guy a sandwich and he wants money. It's like, I wanted your cash. But no, so, um, so, but it's, it's, it's been a very interesting thing where you, you know, and I'm not complaining about it at all. I think it's, it's, it's something that, that comes with the business. But yeah, there is, it's, a societal key there where it's like when people can't afford to 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 spend money on like the extracurricular things the in their frivolous or yeah. not, not to say that you know sexual exploration is a frivolous thing obviously in the terms of one's but compared to lifespan. paying compared to paying mortgage yes yeah. com- or compared to getting health care or something like that then yes the ability to jerk off as you prefer <laughs> falls a little further down the totem pole yeah uh, but, uh, you know, another thing that's been uh, different is uh, our inability to obviously shoot, like I mentioned earlier. Um, 
a lot of models are still scared to travel, which is a good thing. Um, I am very much pro let's not die. So uh, if you guys are getting uh, mixed signals out there and someone's saying it's okay to not wear a mask, fuck those people, wear a mask, go out there, wear gloves, disinfect, come home, you know, fucking wash, wash your hands. Wash your hands a whole lot. Yeah, wash <laughs> your hands. Um, and it's, uh, you know, it's okay to maintain that distance. Like, uh, typically, I'm an awkward, huggy person, but uh, since I'm not all that social. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's Pardon just- me. It's a small, it's a small, it's a small sacrifice to make, uh, to, to, you know, make sure that everybody lives. And I don't want to go off on a rant, but there, the the thing that gets me about this is someone goes like, well, for example, Trump's having a rally and everyone's like, well, I hope they show up at the rally. I hope they don't wear masks. I'm like, I don't. Because yeah. I'm going to bump into this asshole. Gonna, yeah, it's going to affect other people I'm going to bump more. into this asshole at a Walmart, and, mm-hmm. and I'm going to get infected. Because they're not bright enough to not go a million other places after that rally. It's it's one thing, you know, I went to a uh, We just a alienated black... so many listeners. <laughs> Especially if they live in the South. Guys, if you were but... able to operate a podcast app, you were smarter than the average Trump supporter, so you're good. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully we... You're one of us. Yes, hopefully. Sorry. Oh, shit, that was even worse. I just dug myself right. deeper. Fuck. <laughs> what I meant to say is that technology no, doesn't make you run away. <laughs> no, what I mean to say is if you support someone who commits genocide, then fall down a deep, dark hole. Oh, right, right, right. right. So... Anyway, let's be on the right side of oh, history. Oh man, we just oh so many. I can yes, hear. I can hear people. I can hear the no, crickets. I can hear people just hitting hitting the stop button. Oh, uh, fucking liberals! <laughs> All right, we're gonna stop talking about politics. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry, but if you have learned that you have a right to operate in your sexuality in the outer world, then you might not be as conservative as you think. Yep. So. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's an interesting point because that's that's the thing that, that is so prevalent in, in American politics is you'll get these guys who will come out against uh, stuff like pornography and, and stuff like gay sex and then, you know, two months later they're at a rest stop blowing a dude. Yeah. It's, and, that's almost always the case and the, and the guys or the, the men in politics who fight against abortion but meanwhile they pay for the women who they fuck on the side to get abortions. To get abortions. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> fetish, guys. So, yeah. um, so use condoms while engaging. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could talk about politics in front of a camera and it could be a clip store. I um, really could. You know, I need to do that now. No. No, I seriously need to do that. I could corner that market. Snowflake.com. Yeah. yeah. Um, I could corner that market. There, no, there's probably a lot of staunch Republicans who would love to see you oh, I bet talking they just down jerk to them. Off. Oh, yeah, yeah, I bet they jerk off Well, to that a story stuff, I heard uh, from... Um, a friend was, he worked at a, uh, he worked at a, a place called Southern Nights. I, oh shit, I should I mention their name? I don't know. I was, they're, they're like a, a porn shop. And back in the day when people would go to rent videos from these places, you could go rent, buy or whatever. And he said that you would, he, it was like in this small part of town. Uh, no, it wasn't Southern Nights. Sorry. Southern Nights is, is in Cheshirebridge. Ooh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I know, I'm sorry. The burping guys are going to get a kick out of this. I need to fucking put that on the tags. It's like hashtag fucking belch. Mm. (laughs) Okay, continue. Um, Has there been... There should be a porn actress named Raquel Belch. (laughs) If she just does burping videos, that would be great. 
Uh, anyway, so... So many good ideas. I need yeah, to go do them. Write this down. Mm-hmm. So there's a guy who used to work at a porn shop, and it was out in, like, Smyrna? Mm-hmm. Uh, or in the outskirts of, like, McDonough or something like that. It, really, some small uh, rinky-dink town. And he said that it was mostly white, but they had a, a section for just interracial porn. And he said, like, every other night, there was just a couple of guys that would come in fucking wearing Confederate flag shirts and uh, and big old pickup trucks and fucking gun racks. And they'd come in and they'd, like, just rent stacks of interracial porn. Mm-hmm. And he was just, he's like, these guys just, I mean, they were fiends for it. And these are like pro fucking Republican, I don't like black people, uh, it's, it's heritage, not hate guys going home and watching this interracial porn with some massive black man is just drilling like six white girls in one video. And, and, and he finally broke down. He's like, hey man, can I just, you know, I know I've known you since we were kids. Like, what are you getting out of this? And he's just like, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm just, I just, I just like it. You know, I just, I don't know. Just, I don't know, man. You know, and, and so after looking at some, a couple of, of different medical journals and, and, you know, a couple of people that are psychiatrists <laughs> had written some cool shit on it. It, it is, it's, it's the taboo. It's the taboo yeah. of it. Like when you're told your entire you're life that black men are, are to be scared and or to, be, to, to be scared of and to be feared and to be vilified. Your taboo is to watch them have sex with your pure Aryan woman and not just champion it, but jerk off to it. Mm-hmm. Which makes you wonder if they're really attracted to the white women or the black guys. I, okay. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> I, just, I just like to be a fly on the wall there. and Just like, what are you saying when you watch this? I think these guys with the big... You know, rebel flags on their tracks. I think they're totally into black guys. Oh, that's a hot take. I think they're into black guys. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna jump down that rabbit hole. But yeah, so no, that happens. There's just a bunch of racist guys who secretly secretly jerk off to to black men having sex with white women, and it's uh, I love that. I love the fact that that there's still that that kind of side-by-side pattern um i, I i'm it happens I mean, that, even their subconscious tells well, the, on them the reason that there's rape really there's outside. rape fetish there's there's incest porn there's all these things that we as a i mean when you look at age play there's some really yeah. sketchy stuff going on there oh yeah and but it's allowed because it's you know it's uh it's it's consenting adults and I'm all for that. Like if you're a consenting adult and you want to role play, even if it's sketchy to me, that just as means as long as it's actually consenting. Since yeah. there are so many things in our society where you're not really entirely sure if it is consent. Mm. Well, I'm talking about porn productions where you can kind of tell. Where it's like okay, two grown ass people role playing. You know, it's not like somebody filming. And none of them on the kidnapped list. <laughs> yes, yes. You can you can find out where they are the next day. Uh, but uh, but yeah. So it's but at the same time, like taboo is such. It fascinates me. I love it. And when when I, when I had a friend who told me she had a rape fetish, and we had a long night of talk because mm-hmm. I was just because she is very she's very pro consent. She's she's she if she met an actual rapist, she would castrate him on the spot. Mm-hmm. But she still had the fetish. Yeah. So, what do you think of that? That dynamic, like, where does that come from, in your opinion? Well, um, our entire human civilization has had extremely, uh, extreme. Well, a lot of extremes within it. 
Uh, we've been exposed to violence at measures that really never should have even existed. So when you're, when you're exposed to that from an extremely young age and when you're told your role in it or whether you're told, um, you know, your job is to fix the whole world, your generation, which people have been told that before. Uh, you got to admit, like, my generation, for example... Disney and all these movies and and shows and everything had my whole generation convinced we were going to fix the whole planet, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's just not likely. Have you met us? (laughs) 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 But what I'm saying is, like, uh, humanity has been through a lot of extremes in a lot of different areas, and we're exposed to that from a very young age because also there's this huge habit of people who design like a school school systems and things like that curriculums and don't realize hey maybe you shouldn't put the pro rapist author in the curriculum maybe even though you think they contributed a lot to history you should maybe concentrate on another version well people have to face these realities in different points of their lives and at some point especially if they feel helpless or if they feel anything that could be negative in its connotation your mind will try and find some way to control the experience for you so fetish as a coping mechanism pretty much is and that's something that i've revisited in my own mind several times because that's just uh it it's yeah yeah you you compartmentalize certain things in your in your experience and extremes and stuff like that. Um, uh, for me, my extreme was seeing women wrestling for the first time. Mm-hmm. You know, it was one of those things where I was like, women, no, women don't fight. You know, and here they are fighting and they're doing it in sexy outfits. Whoa, you know, you're like, mm-hmm. holy shit! It's a it's a, like a, a shock to the system, mm-hmm. and your brain suddenly goes like, well, how do you deal with this? You know, is this something that you think is hot? Is this something that you think is is scary? Is it something that's both? And if so, then whoa, now it's even hotter, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and American culture presents us with so many scenarios that could be construed as such when you're a kid. Because our media is pretty much fuck, fuck, shoot, shoot, kill, kill, rape, rape. Yeah. And that's usually in one first hour of a movie. Yeah, that's... And so when you're a kid and you're like hanging out with your parents and they don't care what you watch... And suddenly you're like, oh, well, here's a movie where a girl just got the shit beat out of her uh, by another woman. And then there's a hot sex scene. Or later on a girl gets raped. Or or there's a girl wearing stockings. Or there's some bondage. And you know, click, click, bam, bam, bam. Like, all these things go off. I know so mm-hmm. many people that, that got bondage from like watching um, the princess get tied up in, in, in Aladdin, you know? Did I ever tell you the... Uh... The life cycle of a dom that I experienced. Is it is it like an insect? It's like yeah. To me, it felt <laughs> it, it felt like that almost. Forty eight hours. No, it it felt like forty eight hours after the fact, yeah. but it really took over a couple of decades. Mm-hmm. What happened was, I was a teenager. And I, you know, I, we briefly got HBO for a while, and I watched that show, Real Sex Live. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you remember that show? Dude, that was one of those late night, I couldn't fall asleep, and holy shit, now I'm awake shows. Yeah. Really great show. I used to watch that a lot as a teenager, and one of the shows I remember most was when they featured Pandora's Box, which was a dungeon in New York. Well, fast forward like 10, 12 years later, I get an invitation to go train at Pandora's Box 
in New York. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I went and trained as a dom in Pandora's Box. And then I came back and dommed in Atlanta. But then I also traveled around and did some video stuff. Like, and, you know, I did video stuff for Gary, uh, Giantess Fetish. Well, um, Real Sex Live had already been canceled in HBO. So along comes, uh, what's the one? Uh, uh, sex, uh, what was it called? I just remember Real Sex. Sex On. Okay. So there was this, um, they did, HBO later did a documentary called Sex On, uh, but it was mostly an online series, so on their website. But they featured Gary's material, including prominently my part in in Gary's giantess stuff. I think that actually had snippets of my wife in there, too. Yeah, and I ended up on Sex On, which replaced Real Sex Live, which I watched as a teenager, which I went to train at Pandora's Box on for, which I ended up, yeah. So I call it the life cycle of the dom, of the, of the video dom. <laughs> <laughs> when, did you, uh, when did you finally shed that skin and say, okay, I'm done with this? Well, the thing is that when you realize you have DID, there is no real permanently shedding of that skin. Because it's always a, an influence. It's always a part. It's just this um, process of trying to balance out that versus things like the demands of school, the demands of family, the demands of, of you know, meeting uh, the other dreams and aspirations of the other one, 20, person- 20 or 21 personalities. It's, mm-hmm. it's a long cycle of negotiation that has a lot of start and stop. So there have been times where I've stopped you know, the, the fetish and things like that, and then went back to it, and then stopped, and then went back to it, and it's because it's literally a giant argument. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm, I, I'm having to come to terms with the fact that I am disabled in a way in which I might not be fully even capable of taking care of myself, mm-hmm. because you have to, usually in order just to get through a day, you have to have like a single track thought. You know, you have to have a single routine, like this is the first time I drink water, this is when I know I'm going to eat, this is when I know I'm going to do the other things that require caring for myself, and I haven't even mastered that part yet, because when you have 20 plus people arguing in your head, it's just not possible. So I haven't even been able to completely go in a definitive direction other than trying to accomplish whatever I can in whatever direction. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, been, I've published some of my poetry, I've published some of my nonfiction, I've conducted research at UNG, I've publicly decimated UNG because mm-hmm. of the various really messed up ways that they treat their disabled students. Uh, and it's just been, you know, I, I help my disabled mom and I just try to survive. And between all the different <clears throat> pullings in the different directions, it's really hard to function. So I'm mostly just reduced to holding on tight. Well, and that's, I mean, that that that's that goes across the board for a lot of people um you're doing a great job i mean uh we're having this conversation oh, you know yes. and you, you and know. i'm dressed yeah and i think i've showered in the last 24 <laughs> hours so this is an accomplishment 
I can vouch for the fact that she's dressed. Mm. Uh, but no, and they, possibly showered. Possibly showered. Mm-hmm. Um, I've definitely showered in the last uh, 24 hours, which is great. And people don't realize what an accomplishment those simple things are. Oh, I like, do. If you can, if you probably do now. I do now. I, yeah. I had to learn over years. If, if you can actually manage to brush your goddamn teeth and <laughs> to to get in the shower, to get dressed, to, to do the, the amount things. of the amount of strength it takes to just get up mm-hmm. sometimes. And and mm-hmm. I've dealt with depression, I've dealt with uh, anxiety. Oh God, have mm-hmm. I dealt with anxiety. And you know, anxiety is always at the edges you know, with what I do. I'm I'm working without a safety net. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always taken much to my parents' chagrin, I've always taken uh, the pads that had the most um, gravel, uh, you know, <laughs> and done it barefoot, you know. So yeah. it's always been pain, pain, pain. But but I've always seen where that road's going to take me, and I've always wanted to go there. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I've I've had to deal with a lot of that, and I know a lot of you guys do too. And uh, yes, routine is good. Getting up, taking a shower, shaving, you know. You, you know, and doing the things that make you feel good and not feeling guilty for them. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to eat a certain thing for breakfast, or if you want to randomly paint your nails, and no, I don't care what gender you are. You know, if you want to do these little things that make you feel good for no other reason than because they make you feel good, a lot of I think what people might be facing now too is like getting over the guilt of doing those things Mm -hmm. Uh, doing the things that make you feel good enough to get up the next day there's nothing wrong with those things like uh, you know don't feel guilty that it's not work we we kind we kind of have this obsession with putting ourselves to work all the time and quite frankly the only people that really benefits is rich people Mm -hmm. Who make money off of you putting yourself to work all the goddamn time. Mm -hmm. And those, I think one thing we're also, another thing we're also learning is that's not really good for our collective future. You know, the people who benefit from us just constantly working aren't the people we should be aiming to appease anyway. And, and yeah, and once again, I mean, we do come from a place of privilege uh, where we can... You know, we we can criticize the employers, but at the same time, I know you got to make your rent, you got to feed your family, you got to feed your kids. I get that, but this whole COVID thing has really forced a lot of people to to do things that they hadn't done in a while, which is like like look at reality. Well, also, I mean that that's a big one, but <laughs> like for me, like my dad, my father, and I have not hung out this much, you know, since we were kids, since I was a kid. Um, and my dad now, you know, he'll, he'll come over, we'll watch crime shows and we'll shoot the shit and have, you know, conversations. And we've been bonding the way that we should have bonded like ages ago. My mother and I have amazing conversations. You know, I've, I've, I've talked to people on the phone, which I used to not do. I used to hate being on the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, I've reached out to strangers, you know, I've, mm-hmm. I, there's people on, on our Facebook, you know twitter and 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 shit like that where i've been like look guys if you're going through some hard shit drop me a line if i'm up i'll reply Mm -hmm. you know i had one girl who contacted me because she was getting fat shamed you know and and she wasn't she was afraid to talk yeah she was afraid to talk to anybody about it and i was just like show me where they're doing this i went on that board and i was just like post that shit yeah i was like show me where it is and i was i was like what the fuck is wrong with you guys Mm -hmm. and and uh and there's you know just people with 
And the thing in this country that's so bizarre to me is that we tend to look down on people who have psychological uh, issues or, or problems or, or struggles. Like we mm. tend to see them as something that's lesser than normal or lesser or than... Or as a burden. Or, or as a burden as, yeah. or lesser than respectable. When in reality, we all have our shit. Mm-hmm. And some people are really good at hiding it and then fucking pours out in bad ways. And there's people who own it. And you just go like, yeah, man, I'm autistic. Or, or I, I have, you know, multiple personality disorder. Or I have... Um, I have both of those. Yeah, or I'm, I'm anxious. Or I have, I have panic attacks. You know, like, mm-hmm. there's still guys who are being... I t- have genuine OCD. Like, you know the type that people make fun of? Yeah, where you have to, like, you know, walk into a room three times in order for the devil to go away. <laughs> no, I have, like, I have to write... Uh, a minimum of 3,000 words per day. All right, well, because, that's way bigger than the number I was thinking. Yeah, uh, because um, I tied my writing to my escape. Um, I actually have a couple different anxiety disorders, so whenever I feel anxious, I pretty much have to write. Mm-hmm. And I have something like three different anxiety disorders, so chances are I'm always feeling anxious. Yeah. I have to read an entire book before I can leave my house. Uh, I have to, there, there, there's a list of things I have to do before I can even leave my yeah. house, before I can consider it. And uh, people don't realize how much like that can actually get in the way of your life. Like the sheer, and yeah, um, I, you know, the basic things you hear about, like the washing, the obsessive hand washing. I had that, uh, I was born for this pandemic. No, <laughs> <laughs> I've had the obsessive hand washing since ever. And now it just, you know, I had to switch to much gentler soaps during this pandemic. <laughs> but <laughs> you're like, I wasn't a big fan of police officers and I wash my hands a lot. <laughs> I was born for this pandemic. Yes. Uh, by the way, I, I I don't mean to say that. I think I think uh, I think most cops are good people, um, and uh, it just sucks that um, things are happening the way they are. And I just uh, I hope it gets better. But anyway, so the thing that I was going to say, I I, I kind of go down the same path. Whereas there's certain projects I need to get finished before I was I'm a, mm-hmm. I I can allow myself to even enjoy my day. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, there's certain house tasks I need to get done, mm-hmm. even in my current state. Um, I'm uh, for a lot of you that don't know, it's not something I've really aired out, but uh, but I'm currently kind of going through a physical uh, rehabilitation. I, I did something extremely stupid uh, with my body recently, and it led to me not being able to walk, uh, which I'm now basically learning how to relearning how to to walk and and getting my uh, getting my legs, uh, nerve endings, everything from muscles, atrophy, all that stuff fixed. And I'm going through therapy at home. Um, and if you want to find out more about it, too bad, it's private, but, uh, but no, it's, it's, uh, it's something that, uh, you know, I've, I've been kind of struggling with and it's, it's kind of interesting because, you know, I, I can't shoot. Uh, but it's weird because like I can't shoot, but neither can anyone else. So I'm just like, okay, well, if I was going to pick any time in the world to go through this, it would be fucking COVID. Yeah. And that makes me feel kind of like an imposter. You know, I kind of feel like, like, like I'm, I'm taking, like I'm taking joy in the fact that this is happening, which is not, I'm not at all. It's yeah. just, it, it's just that, you know, no one, no one, I think really takes full joy in this situation, but at the same time, so many people have faced bigger things yeah. about their lives. In because this situation, of it. like, um, I've been helping, women uh women here in georgia all right so madeline jones she's running for uh, georgia senate district 45 
And I've been, I started helping out with her campaign, but then I was also helping, uh, uh, I was helping in a couple of different offices, mostly local. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to put all these uh, women in, uh, of color into office, and it's working out so far, because most of them won their primaries or are having a runoff right now. You know, their runoff primaries. And, uh, you know, she, she, I think, kind of, through this pandemic, also found part of her purpose, because through all the things that was happening with, you know, because she's, she's a black woman, and through all the things happening with the marches and, and everything going on in the country, she could not just step aside, she couldn't just be quiet, and she couldn't just, you know, go about life as usual, she, she found a greater calling within the time of the pandemic, which I think a lot of people are really taking this time to reevaluate their, uh, their priorities and yeah, what, the, what they to, can do and what they can't it. do uh, in this time. And believe it or not, finding out the things that you can't do is just as important as finding out the things that you can like, for example, I know that I have to try and stick with uh, media or expression of some kind within my career choice because that's one thing that I can always do no matter, you know, who's in the driver's seat or whatever. But I have had to acknowledge with great difficulty, I might add, that I a normal job might not be in the cards for me. Like, unless it's work at home... And it's just something which I have been looking into options for, just something where I can sit and do some phone work for a few hours uh, in my own home. But something like that I could probably do. But when it comes to working outside with a whole bunch of people, and specifically for things that don't matter, mm -hmm. I have had to accept that I am not capable of doing that. Because I might start... Like, if I, if I work a really bad restaurant job, I might start threatening people with the bread knife or something. I don't know. And that's the problem. Like, with the um, with this political terrible stuff. terrible resume podcast. It is. <laughs> I, I'm not trying to say, hire me. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying that, you know, I've had to try and acknowledge the things that I know I can do no matter what of my states that I'm in. Versus the things that people really want or expect me to do that I can't pull off. I tried, you know, I tried the normal job thing and it's not something that I can pull off. I might have to apply for disability and all this other stuff because yeah. I don't know how I'm going to react to anything anymore. No, and I get that. And it's a big loop-de-loop. -loop. It's a big, <clears throat> you know... And once again, there's people who are probably listening to this who are thinking, well, like, you know, well, you should suck it up and, 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 uh, and you know, work that job and don't stab people. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's the not stab people that can yeah. be difficult. And once again, like, I, I understand <laughs> the, the word privilege has been used a lot so far in this podcast, but yeah, I always try to look at that, but especially with what I do, because what mm -hmm. we, you know, and I don't want to stray too far from what I'm trying to get at, which is what, you know, what life is like in this post virus post um, uh, uprising 
world. In, in this apocalyptic slash yeah. revolution. Yeah. Although I society. thought I thought there would be more cars that had spikes on them. Like I just there's not a lot. Or of, that flew just a little. Like I no, just, it no, didn't even. I it just, doesn't even have to fly all the way. Just. Can jump there was, really there's high. like no desert. There's no right? no no blowing up cars. No, I, I've seen George pictures. Miller lied to me. Yeah, I've <laughs> seen pictures of the difference between, you know, the post-apocalyptic, leather-clad, great-looking yeah. masks. There's not and a lot of there's not a lot of no, like no, and like you see people with scary leather on their faces yeah. or things to help. No, where are the scary leather daddies? Yeah, yeah. Uh, clearly, you you're guys? missing some scary leather daddies in your yeah. life. Because I, I watched Road Warrior the other day because I wanted to get a, you know, I wanted to reacquaint myself with, with that movie. And it's, it looks like a lot of, uh, it looks like a mixture of like, a, you know, if, if, if Burning Man met like most of the BDSM parties I went to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we haven't seen any of that. You guys need to step that shit up. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, so, but yeah, there, there's, this, there's this level of privilege for me as well to, to be speaking from because I, I get to do what I do from my home. Mm-hmm. And it's a very rare thing for someone to, to find not just something that they could do from their home, but something that they enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't, I, I can't, like, I, I can't complain. Even in this, in, in this time, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. You know, financially, mm-hmm. I'm doing okay. I mean, I can, I can pay the mortgage. I can pay for food. That's all I need. Um, but, uh, but you're doing, you're dealing with something that's a little more intricate. You know, you're, yeah. you're dealing with like, well, I, I can't do nine to five, not because. I'm Not because I don't want to. Yeah. Like it. In fact, uh, the brief time when I thought I could, I thought it was semi-empowering at the time. But then, you know, things kind of tend to fall apart for me. Not necessarily because it's something that I want, but because there's something in me that has been programmed for years that just kind of decimates my opportunities a little bit. It's. You know, it, like the um, the self. Uh, what's the word? The self. When you decimate your own opportunities, what is that called? The oh, self destruction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> self destruct or like um, sabotage. Oh the yeah, self sabotage yeah. kind yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, when you got you know a couple different people in there who will do that. And not necessarily because they have bad intentions, but because their intentions are just different from yours. They just don't have the same life plan that you do. And they're really stuck on this thing that they should be doing. Mm -hmm. And there might be a chunk of your memory missing because, you know, of whoever's in the driver's seat at the time. And it's really irritating. Uh, It's irritating trying to conduct a life through that when you know that you should be working towards something. And the thing is that when I'm working towards something that matters, like when I did the activism and things like that, uh, switching wouldn't matter because they'd see the the benefit and the, the purpose in me being there. Like if I was at a march and recording and documenting, they'd see the purpose of me being there and just continue what I was doing and mm-hmm. they wouldn't flip out. But if it's something like I'm scraping, one of the hardest parts about working at a restaurant for me was scraping the multitudes of wasted food. Oh, right. Like I've actually gone hungry and I've actually known people who have gone hungry. So to throw away so much food was literally something that was driving me up the wall 
aside from already being completely crazy. I wouldn't be able to to handle that. Um, I and and I mean that brings. Us... I couldn't. I I couldn't do it. Uh, after a while, it just wasn't possible. Yeah. Because I couldn't see. You know, I I knew so we, many we, people you, who were ask, going hungry. Did you go like, can I take this home? Uh, yeah. Well, I asked before, like, hey, do you do anything for this other than than throw it away? And at one point, uh, the the business owner had given it to their pigs, but then they decided they didn't want pigs anymore. So at that point, like at one point, it was going towards something. Something was going to eat it, and then it wasn't. And that's when I knew I wasn't going to be able to to stay there for much longer. There's, and there are restaurants. I, I've, saw, I've seen a couple of things on Reddit where there are restaurants who will take their leftover food and they'll hire a specialist who can take the food, clean it, reorganize it into meals, package those meals, and put them out in, in fridges that are outdoor fridges for homeless mm-hmm. people to walk up to and, and open the little slot. That would be them. great. Is, see, if, if a restaurant did that, you could work there. That I could work there. Interesting. If they were doing something that mattered to connections beyond just their immediate wants. Oh, you would. You would. Then, my, if my dad, if my father ever built a restaurant, it would, that would be your restaurant. My father, I, I swear to God, every I remember, like, I, like last week, I had chicken with him. I was like eating chicken, and you know, I eat every inch of the chicken. And mm-hmm. I remember, I oh, well, some of my friends are laughing right now, but. Because I have some friends. I have a black friend who's like, what the fuck? That's not, that's not finished. And she'll grab the bone and be like, no, you got to eat this. And so she actually eats the marrow. But my dad is that guy. Uh, she, uh, he'll, he'll grab like the food and be like, yeah, you're not done with this. He'll take it. And he'll just eat bones. Like he's like a, a trash compactor. And he would be that kind of manager. He's like, nothing's going to waste. My, my father doesn't believe in anything going to waste. Like, in, if my parents see bones mm-hmm. left over from like a, a Thanksgiving meal, they'll take it and make it into a stew. You know, like, nothing goes to waste. Like, you honor, to quote Hannibal, you, 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 you honor the entire creature. You know, it's like everything that I use from this creature, from this animal, is going to, to be used. Uh, whether it's to, you know, make pelts or you know yeah. a future soup or whatever well that's an actual sustainable model and what we have now mostly is not in any way sustainable and the thing is that i guess um it just like any person when they get older uh, i think mentally ill people also when they get older they get less capable of dealing with people's shit <laughs> like dealing with any form of bullshit it becomes less of a possibility so there is no excuse that any owner of any restaurant or business could give me as to why it's okay to waste you know something's life or something's you know the ability to give this food away to obviously hungry people everywhere if you're if you're not participating in those sort of things, if you're wasting, then I just can't connect. I can't click, and you know I can fake it in a couple of different versions, but not in others. Mm-hmm. So I I might as well just file for disability because <laughs> I'm trying to find a lot of things in our society with that kind of meaning. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of most of what I can do is just volunteer work. You know, I can volunteer to do things for the community. I can, I can donate. I can make calls. I can, 
uh, march. I can document marches. Um, I'm thinking of volunteering for the ACLU to actually officially document, uh, you know, uh, political activism to make sure that the police aren't conducting abusive responses. Like, for some reason, I can pull off... I can occasionally really pull off things that matter. Well, it's the things that that's don't why. that I can't even yeah, pretend. And that's, and that's one of the things that this post, once again, COVID world has allowed people to reevaluate. Is like, you know, is what I'm doing, you know, something that, that I'm happy with? Is it something that is matters it meaningful? to me? Is it and yeah. once again, I understand some people just have to do what they do because you have to make ends meet. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter. Like if you're working at a... If you're economically disenfranchised, then you are still being pushed by your exploitative world to meet the economic disenfranchisement that they But you still got to do it. In mm -hmm. order to make sure your kids eat and your wife eats or your husband eats or whatever the fuck it is, uh, or each other, you know, you eat each other. That is the answer. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's not exactly I'm... the answer. Yes, prepare each other. <laughs> Have a cookout. <laughs> this is my son. Also on your plate, that's my son. <laughs> but no, uh, uh, it's not the first time in history, buddy. <laughs> Cannibalyardsale.com. <laughs> Uh, no, but but yeah. So we're we're being put in, in a in a weird position where everyone's having to reevaluate what they're doing with their lives, but at the same time they have to secretly wish that they can go back to doing what they were what they used to be doing, you know, which is mm -hmm. to be going back to the grind. Um, and because there was a routine and routines, routines yeah. we, we are more comfortable with routines because we build it in our minds that that's some solid reality. Yeah. That that's whatever's going to hold us when not even our bodies hold us anymore, really, is what it seems like. And it seems like people build their definition of a solid reality around these routines. And it's just as much a lie as everything else, but it can keep you going... Um, I know with, as I've been discovering my mental illnesses and the things that I need to do to help myself, routine has been a big part of it. Mm -hmm. At least, uh, you know, writing some of the same things down on the task list and being satisfied with the idea that, you know, I've at least started with these things, even if they're as simple as drinking water or brushing your teeth or whatever. Uh, the the start of the routine is part of what holds some people to earth. Well, <clears throat> once again, I mean, we we are probably nearing the base level of of how we operate, which is that we you know we're born into this world, we leave this world at some point, and um, the things that you do between birth and death are the things that, uh, I mean, make you a person. And, and it's, it's so bizarre now because people are, are starting to, you know, really evaluate that. And uh, I can't tell you how weird that is for me because my whole life I've evaluated it. Well, no, that's like me too. My whole life I've been at a position where I've seen the, you know, where, where I've seen these things that now make people hide away from people and wear masks and all this other thing, you know, all these other things that I'm like, where were you all when I learned this shit at 15? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> now everyone acts like me and it's very confusing. Hey. Who am I supposed to act like? All right. So, hey, fetish, guys. 
Uh, put your dicks down. We're going to stop what? being sexy for a second. I know, right? No, no, no. But, uh, but going back to what we do, because I don't want to stray too far uh, from, from you know, the podcast topic. But There's a topic? Yeah, wrestling with fetish. Oh, okay, cool. I forgot where I was, sorry. <laughs> no, it's totally okay. But uh, yeah, so um, one of the things that has, has brought people comfort, um, especially during these times, has been, strangely enough, you know, their fetishes, which is like, I've had people who have emailed me and they're like, I'm so glad you're still producing. And I've had to tell them like, well, I'm not really producing because I haven't, not since, not since probably February. Mm-hmm. I'd say, like, yeah, since the end of February, I, I haven't produced because that's when COVID kind of kicked in. And I had a lot of uh, personal issues that kicked in that led to, to my physical uh, limitations at this point. Um, but, yeah, I haven't really produced, but I've been trying to put stuff out there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of fans have uh, emailed and, and messaged and said, like, you know, I look forward to your releases. Like, I really do. Uh, one guy wrote... Um, I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said, like, I, I honestly, he's like, you know what I do with your videos? I don't just do what you think I do, which is, you know, hey, here's the thing. The thing they obviously do? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it does, I'm not sure that it's a part of it. For some people, it might not be. Some people might just watch it for just the the pizzazz or whatever, because I've had guys who are just like, man, it doesn't work anymore, but I love watching your videos because they're fun. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of, like... There's a lot of great wordplay. There's a lot of great action. You know, there's mm-hmm. a, it's shot nicely. You know, I'm like, oh, that's great. You know, for someone to watch some a movie of mine and go like, well, I don't jerk off to it. I just really like it. I'm like, what? That's like, the <laughs> best compliment. But there's guys who literally go like, dude, I, I, your videos usually come out on a Saturday or a Sunday, so I'll plan like my evening around it, and I'll, you know, I'll get a couple of beers and I'll sit in front of my TV or my computer screen or whatever or my phone. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what this video is going to do. Mm-hmm. And it's given me a great distraction from all this shit that's going on. And that, like that, that particular guy, I can't name him, uh, but he, he's been a big fan for, for ages. But he just, the way he wrote that email, the, the way it read, I was just like, I, if, I'm really glad that I was able to provide him with something that made him happy. And for some people, it's like, for me, it's like I'll get up uh, in the middle of the night, I'll... I'll, I'll wake up, I can't sleep, and I'll just put on like an old classic movie that I like. Mm-hmm. And it'll ease my mind. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of these guys, it's the same thing. It's like, here comes Sleeper Kid, or here comes Carrie Spectrum, or Jacqueline Velvets, or whoever, with their next release. Uh, and it's, it's, it's going to be a fun time. I'm going to have a good disconnect from reality and, and enjoy mm-hmm. this. And whether or not it involves <laughs> and you know a handkerchief uh it's you know that's beside the point it's more like you're giving people this this great way to kind of get out of it and so that's one thing that's you know kind of reinforced what i do people turn to their arts um every every uh every existential challenge people turn really heavily to their arts yeah and and it's and like I said, I'm not trying to to toot my own horn. It happens to everybody's craft. People, uh, I I know friends who do painting who are are seeing uh, a spike in some sales. You know, or people who are just like you know working on on TV shows. I mean, God knows if there's one thing people are consuming right now, it's media. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've been watching more TV than I ever have. You know, I've been binging shit. I never had a ch- a time to binge anything. Yeah, and now I'm flying through shows. Um, but uh, but yeah, so if, if you guys 
you know, if you really get a kick out of what we do, especially during this time, um, I really appreciate you watching it because I know it's a hard time. And it's, it's you know, the fact that you're taking the time to watch what we do is, fuck, it's amazing, you know. Um, and uh, and you, you, you're supporting fetish producers. You're supporting sex workers, you know. Mm. Go for it. Uh, but is there anything that you've been watching lately? I know this is going to be off topic, but um, people have been binging shit. Is there anything that you've been like watching that you never would have had a chance to watch in the past? Um, actually, uh, Ryan and I just watched this uh, new show. You might actually like it. It was produced by one of his more favorite podcasters. It's called uh, Midnight Gospel. Have you heard of it? Um. It's it's a podcaster that usually delves into the occult, but he started animating his shows. So he'll actually go through the podcast with whoever he interviewed, but it's an entire animated sequence, like it's a, a cartoon show. I think Ricky Gervais did that, yeah, with his yeah. show. But it, that one's been entertaining. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the whole thing, but there were one or two. In fact, uh, slight spoiler alert. <laughs> if you're cool with spoilers. Yeah, yeah, I don't care. Well, um, the last episode was him, a, a podcast and interview that he did with his mother right before she died of a, of a kind of cancer. Oh, wow. And he animated it to go through like this whole life cycle while they were talking and it was kind of interesting but uh other than that i've enjoyed the umbrella academy the the good place and a couple of others and the thing is that i'm not good very place much was, good place was fantastic it was the writing was so good and honestly sometimes it was like attending a college class but in a fun way in a you know what will happen next, kind of. Way. Yeah, the finale. I was. I, I teared up a little bit. It was. It was. Uh, whew, that was a tough one, because it it dealt with like death, but not just death, but like the lack of death. You know, like what would be what would be life if we didn't have death and and stuff like that. It was. Mm-hmm. It was wow, just good shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, for me, it always has to have good writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, writing is where it initially captures me. There's got to be what what annoys you uh, with media. What 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 makes you go no, like fuck doesn't? this? I'm turning this. I know. I, know. <laughs> I once watched the movie with you, and I had to grit my teeth because I was like, she is not enjoying any of this. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, there's well because you know there's been a lot of stuff that I've went through. I ended up with uh, triggers that I certainly don't want. Anyone who makes fun of people who say that they've been triggered or whatever, one, a lot of people do misuse that word. Big time. They'll use it to say that they're upset about something, but yeah, that's not what that they'll means. They'll cash in on the lingo. Yes, yeah. please don't let them uh, warp your understanding of that word. When someone says they've been triggered and actually mean it, it means that something has triggered and... Uh, a reaction from their mental illness. So a symptom has been triggered and has greatly been affected at that moment. uh, Happens with PTSD all the time. Yeah, yeah. I have a pretty extreme form of PTSD that may have uh, morphed into DID at some point. But, uh, yes, I can get pretty heavily triggered by some movies now because I've started to... I, I can I can I can tell you what it was. It was a movie called Super that you and I watched, and it was with Carrie Spectrum, and we were watching the movie, 
And the whole movie, you, you, you lost sight of the point of the film, which I totally understood. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was about a guy who was so egocentric that he thought that like, if he became a superhero, that he'd be worth something. And so he turns into a superhero, he grabs a, a wrench, and uh, he goes around beating up drug dealers and stuff like that. And, uh, and like, it's, it's his personal attack on things that he was taught you know, we're bad. We're, we're bad. Yeah. And you were sitting next to me, and it was the funniest thing because you were just like, "He just sells weed. What the fuck are you hitting him with a wrench for?" And like me and the carrier, are like, "Are she okay?" And I'm like, "She'll be fine." Let's just pause this for a second. <laughs> and you're like, "You don't beat somebody up who's selling weed. Weed is benign." I'm like, "I know, but it's a movie." And yeah. it was, and at the same time, it was distressing. But at the same time, I laughed because it was just. The reaction you have when you were in a certain mind state where you're just mm-hmm. like, I can't watch this right now because it's making me feel angry that mm-hmm. the media I'm watching is reinforcing the fact that here's a black guy selling weed and he's the enemy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and usually, now you see all the things going on yeah. now. But usually and... I see that and I go, oh, well, that's problematic, but I'm going to go ahead and let it slide and continue to see what the movie does. And you were like, mm-hmm. I'm not even going to, no, you were like, I'm not even going to let this continue, which was pretty fucking funny. I'm sorry. Like, the I thing is, like, I don't have a whole lot of control over those reactions all the time, and it was difficult. I just imagine you that. in a theater, like in a movie theater. <laughs> That's honestly why I don't go to a lot of movie theaters. I honestly, in order to go to a movie theater, or even unfortunately to watch some movies with my friends, I have I have to have researched it ahead of time. Yeah, yeah. I have to have searched for the trigger they have words to clear the theater. And all the yeah. <laughs> I have, like, I have to have done my research. That's to make and sure only progressive out. people are serving popcorn. <laughs> no, no. Anyone can serve me popcorn. I don't care. Give me the popcorn. But, um, no, it, it triggers can come during movies, especially anything that involves extreme violence, because, you know. I did witness some violence growing up that I never really faced until a later age. Sure. I ended up facing some violence as a young adult and a couple of other things. So some things will just flip a switch and I'll just flip into the next uh, personality on the docket or mm-hmm. on the, the wheel and I won't entirely be in control of my reactions and later uh, the memories of my reactions might bubble up and that'll be irritating because <laughs> you know i'll be like oh that's why people don't want to talk to me anymore i got it i remember so, okay, so cool. what are your pet peeves um, what, what are the things that you said violence is one thing well yeah i can't really watch uh sexualized violence anymore well, which is uh you know i used to be able to watch that just fine but um you know later experiences made that pretty impossible um i will switch on a dime it's not even it's not you know what's funny it's not even the fact, I mean, it is, you know, obviously if you've experienced something violent. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, yeah, it's a primal. But for me, I, I, I can't, I can't, um, like if there's a rape scene, mm-hmm. I just fast forward. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I used to watch the scene. Going I used to like, watch all those scenes. Like I used to watch every violence. Yeah, scene I used ever. to watch it. Yeah. Used to go like, well, maybe this is supposed to like make me angry for a certain scene later, and I'm supposed to like you know really thrill. And the fact that this perpetrator got a comeuppance, blah, blah, blah. 
But uh, but yeah, there's there's some stuff where I'm just like, yeah, dude. Yeah, for the people who survived it, the com- the comeuppance is not enough. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not enough of an excuse to have exploited the well, the, it's the also, actor. Or it's whatever also the fact that during you, the scene, uh, as a friend of mine put it, it's like when you use rape as the only trait that you're supposed to care about mm-hmm. for a character. It's like, oh, she's a rape victim. So there you go. Like now she's defined as a person. It's like, yeah, that's kind of shitty. Yeah. Uh, for me, it of is. course, there's, I mean, getting away from that because that's, that's, you know, that's terrifying. Uh, but like for me, bad writing. You're right. Like mm-hmm. when you hear a line that's just like badly written or like just a throwaway. Too cliche. Too cliche. Or, or, or my, my biggest pet peeve is when you see a show or a movie and the guy, the protagonist, uh, the protagonist is, uh, <laughs> does the dumbest shit to fix a problem like things that make no sense and mm-hmm. you're supposed to back this guy because he's he's the main guy uh there's a movie called meet the fockers that i watched mm. a long time ago i was on a plane and i was oh i remember the oh the i almost jumped shit. out of the plane i was so because <laughs> fu- like the, the whole movie it's literally you're supposed to be rooting for this asshole who he's not an asshole he's an idiot who like oh uh, i'm Fucks trying to, everything up well i'm trying to impress the parents and so what happens Oh, their cat gets out of the window. And what do I do? I uh, I go buy another cat and paint it to look like the cat. And you're like, what really? kind of weird Warner Brothers fucking... Yeah. And, and everyone's laughing and I'm just kind of like, I don't get it. Like, this yeah. makes no fucking... And so when someone does a thing that, that makes no sense to me, I mm-hmm. check out of the movie so fucking fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, bad directing, bad editing. I'm I'm really picky, but... Um, but so far, you know, that's the good thing about post COVID is there's tons of really good things on TV that I never knew that I liked. Like I, mm-hmm. now when I go to bed, I, um, oh, there's a puma on the TV. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> there's a little sleepy puma. You know, right? <laughs> uh, and really dead. There's fish. And, really and, and, dead uh, sorry. Fish, yeah. I just put on a show in the background just for visuals and it's uh, apparently. It's got a lot of visuals. It's a survival. Sure. It's a survivalist show. But no. So, um, uh, Oh shit! What was I gonna say? Every time I go, before I go to bed now, I watch the Golden Girls. <laughs> I never watched the Golden Girls because I was just like, why would I watch the Golden Girls? They're and funny. They're man. fucking hysterical. It's salty shit, dude. Um, it, there's a couple of problematic things about the Golden Girls. There's uh, the, the 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 Southern girl Blanche. I think I've counted like three uh, slavery jokes she's made. Oh shit. <laughs> Yeah, well, they are. Because like, my great-grandpa used to buy an orange and a black man on the same day. Laugh track. And I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But no, yeah. there's tons of great shows. I've been watching a show on HBO called The Outsider, which is fantastic. Uh, Bosch on Showtime, I think it is. And then there's another one called Ray Donovan, uh, which my a couple of close friends were like, you need to watch the show. And so, you know. Media has been pretty helpful in keeping me sane. <laughs> it has been. Everyone turns to the to the arts to keep them going during uh, during times like this. I think that might have been one of the reasons that um, William Shakespeare was so popular at his time. There's been a lot of um, comparisons drawn to this time in his because the Black Plague would just randomly sweep around during his age so there would be these times when everyone would have to shut themselves inside interesting and be uh completely quarantined 
and everything uh, while, you know, plague sy symptoms and infections were going on, they would have to try and quarantine themselves. And I think there's a rumor that that's when uh, Shakespeare wrote Henry V, or no, King Lear. Supposedly he wrote King Lear during a time of uh, pandemic. But yeah, it's uh, people, the arts actually tend to flourish a little bit. It's not like, now don't get me wrong, everybody support the artists that you appreciate because artists tend to starve whether they're mm -hmm. really all that popular or not. Um, uh, most of their popularity, you know, is really found more after they're dead. But... Uh, yeah, everyone tends to turn to the arts during times of pandemic because they want to believe that there's something more than just the immediate biological needs. And sure. whenever you want to believe that, then you turn to the dreamers. It's such a weird thing, though, too, because you can't go to shows. You can't go to movie theaters right now. Mm -hmm. You have to do it in the isolation of your home. So you have to read books. You have to watch TV shows. You have to watch movies. Mm -hmm. um, there's no public gatherings for, for uh, any sort of... Uh, show you can't go to Broadway, mm -hmm. you can't go to the Fox Theater here in Atlanta. You can't do any of that. So it's it's a very interesting time when it comes to the arts. Like you have to really dig down deep. I've been ordering so many books on Amazon. I've been ordering. I've been. I've never been so busy. Sorry, not Amazon. Buying. Another company that's not evil. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, uh, I'm going to give him a plug. Uh, my friend Charles uh, runs Eagle Eye Books uh, in Atlanta, and I I, nice. I stopped by there about a month or two ago, back when things were still kind of safe. Uh, and just bought a stack of books because I was just mm -hmm. like, I just need something to get me through this. And so I bought like John Dies at the End. I bought uh, a couple of books by Chuck Palahniuk and like – and then uh, uh, audio books have been fantastic because I, I have slight ADD. So mm -hmm. I like, – So sometimes you need to get up and move around and that doesn't mean that you don't oh. want to intake information. If anything, it means you want to intake more. A headset yeah. and, and some coffee and mm -hmm. I'm good to go and I've been listening to tons of books and, and – uh, I can barely get a thing done around the house unless I'm listening to music. Mm -hmm. You know? Oh, my whole house is outfitted with speakers, so wherever I go, I can fucking hear music. And it's it, good, whether it's classical or it's, um, uh, or like I said, audiobooks. I'll play them through the house, and I'll you know go to the bathroom. I can hear what's going on, and, and I'll get through it. Because uh, I, you know, as, as someone who produces fiction, because that's mm -hmm. what we do, um, I like to to experience it as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but anyway, so um, we'll wind it down, guys. Uh, if you've stuck with us this far, God bless you. I know this is kind of a drunk <laughs> podcast. It is. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so I would say we can part with each one of us giving you guys a piece of advice. Um, and I don't mean to say that I'm in a place where I, I – in a lofty place where I, I can hand out advice. But I am sane. Uh, Saying in that I'm alive and, and I'm, the people that I love are, are safe and I'm, I'm trying my hard to keep them safe and myself included. So to me, that's sanity. Um, what goes on in your head, that's your business. Fuck it. But mm -hmm. um, uh, It's not like there's a norm. No, there's no norm. And, and if you guys feel like you're going through a dark spot, you can always reach out to, to me. I'm, uh, uh, you can uh, hit me up at IamSleeperKid at Yahoo.com. You can find me at Facebook. Uh, you can uh, – I think Facebook is like Kid Sleeper, K-I-D-D, Sleeper, because uh, they wouldn't let me just write Sleeper Kid because they're assholes. And then um, Twitter is at SleeperKid. 
uh, skwppv.com for pay-per-view videos, and then our free site, uh, continuously updated, it's sleeperkidsworld.com. Um, but yeah, you could totally reach out to me too, but it's very hard to find me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you have a do you, do you have a fan email? I, or no? I still have. Well, okay, so I have a main email, which is just uh, e a devi, which is e a d e v i at protonmail.com. I've I've switched over to uh, protonmail is a Switzerland email address um they are in completely encrypted front to back so i am completely shutting down most of my like gmail and yahoo and stuff like that in favor of stuff like that because uh <laughs> in case you didn't know the government doesn't so much want you to be able to encrypt your emails anymore so i've kind of gone out of country for mine but yeah and at any point it's totally cool to email me I will not be the least bit grumpy about that because I answer it at the time that I can. Well, um, any uh, piece of advice, I mean, is just, you know, keep the people you love safe and, and you know, feed yourself. Um, work if you can uh, and just, um, just you know, survive this because, like, you know, we... We this is one of the few times in in human history where we we're not quite sure where we're going to be a year from now. Um, that's something that I don't think I could ever say. You know, politically or economically, you can always just go like, oh yeah, well, in a year, you know, this guy will still be president, or this this woman will still be senator, you know, so on and so forth. Um, we don't know, man. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> we we just don't know. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so just uh, realize that we're. In this, we're on this giant sphere that's hurtling through space. Yeah, and, it's a big rock, and we Just don't we don't know what's hurtling out. through yeah. a vacuum around. We don't giant know ball where. Fire. Yeah, and we don't know where we came from. We don't know where we're going. Uh, it's a very stressful position to be in. The fact that you're still alive and you're still keeping it together, it means you're strong. And um, and just hold on to that idea, you know, because most people go insane. If anybody else from another planet had been presented with this situation, they'd be like, fuck no, I'm not going <laughs> to live, live in existence. Voluntarily, where I, yeah. yeah. This, voluntary living existence. This is not a voluntary yeah. situation. Live in an existence where I don't know uh, what came before me and what comes after, and I'm in this hurtling rock yeah. that's, uh, you know, flying around this giant scare fireball. Mm -hmm. Yeah, dude, you guys are doing really good. The fact that you got your yeah. feet planted on the ground... You're fucking awesome. If you've taken a shower today, you are doing fine. <laughs> no, no. If you've taken a if you've taken a shower in the last seventy two hours, you're online with you're it, doing great. You're online with Italians in the nineteen yes. thirties. You're good. Yes. And those people f smell fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so we, you know this, dude. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Italians smell great. Uh, That's true. They make great food too. Uh, so we love you guys. Um, once again, uh, so, hit, a, hit us up at the emails, and, uh, and we'll talk to you. So if I have any advice to give, it'd be that at this most difficult point for most people, make sure to love yourself. And when I say love yourself, With I mean... With the aid of Sleeper Kids World... No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like... Um, I know what you mean. Figure out, you know, think of the person you admire most, and how and what you would do if you were in the room with them or how you would treat them or whatever else and remember to treat yourself that way because you are the only vessel you have and you really need to get yourself through this primarily so 
you know, indulge yourself, pamper yourself, love yourself, do all those cliche things, because when it comes down to it, yourself is what you have to get through this, and you really need the loving and mature relationship that you always imagined with someone else with yourself. Because that's the only way that you can end up giving it to others and etc. But others aren't really what matter right now as much as getting yourself through this tough situation. Yeah, be happy guys. Uh, make yourselves happy first. You are your first priority. I know that sounds selfish, but it really isn't. You have to be happy in order to make others happy. Mm -hmm. um, that's a lesson that I've learned. You can't pour from an empty cup. Yep, I've learned that the hard way. Make sure you're good before you try to make anybody else good. Uh, and, uh, and just, you know, fight uh, for the rights of those who can't uh, be as solid as you are and live a good life. So we'll see you guys uh, next episode. No idea who we're going to have on. Uh, it could be impromptu like this or we could plan something out. In the meantime, enjoy yourself. Enjoy every inch of what you are. And uh, don't be ashamed for being alive uh, as long as you're not hurting somebody else. So we love you guys. and uh, Love you. Don't doubt it. Yes. Adios.